Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Have you ever wondered whether you have a guardian angel? Whether angels or spirits surround you, protect you, care about you, or whether you will one day have an angel encounter yourself. The angels are excited to give you the advice you seek. All you have to do is ask. Join Janine and Michael as they explore this and so much more on Calling All Angels Radio Show. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Calling All Angels radio show. This is Michael Cutson. Welcome aboard. I'm happy to have you here. Uh, my co-host, Janine Kotakavich, is waiting to join us. She's been having some technical problems all afternoon. As soon as she can join us, she certainly will. We're delighted today to have Rabbi Sarah Abrams as one of as our guest. I was about to say one of our guests, but she's our only guest. But we have people who are eagerly waiting to speak with her as soon as we get her on board. Uh, we will get to Rabbi Abrams in just a minute. First of all, I want to thank Jim Bensey and Pamela Arlen once again for their courtesy and, and patience. Uh, Jim for being our de facto engineer and Pamela for letting us use the Zoom website and Zoom con web conferencing uh, capacity. Pamela is wonderful. You should definitely look into her website and use her services at www.aurareader.com. Before we begin with Rabbi Abrams, uh, as we always do, we do the card of the week. The card of the week this week is from the, angel, is from the uh, Angels uh, Tarot card, and I'll show the people who are actually on the Zoom conference. It's the Two of Fire. Now, the Two of Fire is the equivalent in a traditional or in the uh, brighter weight deck of the Two of Wands. The Two of Wands and the Two of Fire is a card of planning and partnership. It's a very positive card. It's a card that says this is a good time to make your plans. This is the time to look into working with people. It's a time, if you're already partnered with somebody, to make plans. So for those of you who are in serious romantic involvements, this might be the time to look to make it more serious or to make it permanent. Uh, for those of you who have some business arrangements, this is a time to see if you can make them more stable or make or expand upon them. But in any event, this is a time of planning. It's a propitious card. It's a good card. <laughs> so having said that, it is my great honor and privilege to introduce my friend, my, one of my spiritual mentors, Rabbi Sarah Abrams. Rabbi Abrams, I know I've had the privilege of working with and knowing Rabbi Abrams for a number of years already. Currently, she's the spiritual reader, leader of Congregation Beth Israel in Chico, California, and has been since August 2016. But the reason why I know Rabbi Abrams is because she was the assistant rabbi at Westchester Reform Temple in a place called Scarsdale, New York. And she was just wonderful. She you know, is a passionate person. She's mystical. She is also somebody who has great, a great and deep social conscience. She is untraditional, which is one of the reasons why I always gravitated towards her. Uh, she has worked in Ohio as a hospital chaplain. She's interested in hospice care. She is interested in yoga, Kabbalistic meditation, you name it. She is just a delight to speak with and a wonderful human being. And I am so happy that she was able to join us today. So having said that, Rabbi Abrams, it's a pity I don't like you too much. Thank you so much for <laughs> For the very warm and kind welcome. Thank you, Michael. It's really, really good to be with you here on your program. Thank you so much. And thank you for your patience and waiting while we were trying to iron out some of our technical difficulties. No problem. So, you know, 
by the way, just also full disclosure for all of our listeners, Rabbi Abrams also helped instruct both of my children as they were heading towards their bat and bar mitzvahs. So she knew both of them. In fact, I, as we were talking about in the pre-show, when I told Rabbi Abrams that I told my daughter Caroline that I was having her on board, Caroline all of a sudden looked up. She said, you've got Rabbi Abrams? Like all of a sudden I had credibility with my daughter for the first time in quite some time. My daughter is a college age daughter. And, and, you know, but you, Rabbi Abrams, you clearly have more credibility with my daughter than I do. Yeah, it's my pleasure to give, uh, give the stamp of approval, at least on uh, behalf, uh, in favor of your daughter. You know, that she gets on board with what you're doing. Thank you so much. You may even listen to the show as a result. What a concept. <laughs> That's blessing. That means thank those- God. If you ever say Baruch Hashem, it means thank God. Right. Right. Yes. As, you know, I knew what it meant, but a lot of our listeners yes, may I will, not. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And if I say a Hebrew word, I always follow it with the English. So, just a warning for your, or to, to, to alert your listeners. Exactly. exactly. So, so, first things first. You know, on this show, we talk about angels. People have a lot of conceptions, misconceptions, and whatever about mm-hmm. angels. And, and, but we talk about the fact that angels, in fact, are part of every major faith that we've ever looked into. Uh, so let me ask you the most basic question imaginable. Are there angels in Judaism? Well, absolutely. There are angels in Judaism. And mainly those angels are in the Hebrew Bible, right? So the Hebrew Bible is the kind of politically correct term for what Christians call the Old Testament and what Jews call the Torah or the five books of Moses or the five books of Moses, the prophets and the writings. Right. That's a knock. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So a lot of times, and, and uh, mainly of course I work with Jews and as a result of being on the show, I decided to do an intro to Jewish angels course for my congregation because a lot of people of the Jewish faith, Jews, do not know or think that angels are something Jewish. So that when they imagine angels, they see fairies with wings and everything else, which is part of the imagery and certainly images that um, people with mystical, you know, uh, gifts or predilections uh, may see those. But Uh, a lot of Jews are simply unaware that the source of kind of Christian understanding comes from the many, many appearances of angels in the Hebrew Bible. So the answer is yes, angels are come throughout the Hebrew Bible. In fact, there are probably 30, 40, 50 um, citations of different kinds of angels. They're not all the same kind that appear throughout the Torah, the five books of Moses, um, the Apocrypha, Daniel, and and books that are not within the the Hebrew canon, um, but still are read by scholars. Uh, Psalm 91, um, the prophets. There's a lot of mention. There are many mentions of heavenly beings. Uh, So, Yes, that's the long answer to, are there angels in Judaism? And angels, of course, in Latin, I think it's angels are Latin word, Greek word. Um, but angels mean, an angel is a messenger in its English trans, in its uh, root translation. Um, and it also is that in Hebrew. It means messenger. Um, malach is the generalized Hebrew word and the one that we see most often appear in the Hebrew Bible, which is, again, it's the word malach and it means messenger. So, and malach Adonai, oftentimes you hear malach, which means, again, messenger, and then you'll read malach Adonai, the angel of the Lord. And so those who, of course, have read the Bible in translation would have heard the term the angel of the Lord. And those angels, you know, if we read scripture, have many, many roles, right? Right. Uh, 
there are the angels who definitely are the messengers. So it's thought that the three men who approach Abraham to give it to cement the covenant and tell him of the, him and Sarah of the promise of their future son, Isaac, but those are angels, but those are kind of angels that actually take on form, which is um, kind of the people angel, which is a Hebrew word too, a level of angel. Um, we have at the very beginning of Genesis, God says, let us create man, human, you know, the Adam in our image. And rabbis and anyone who reads the text is always, says, well, why does it say let us? Now, it's not the royal we. It's not the, right. <laughs> Isn't the royal we? Why, you know, and, and um, no, and Christians often explain this. Well, it's let us as the father, the son, um, and the Holy Ghost, right? That's let us create man in, in, in the divine image. But from the Jewish perspective, it's actually this pantheon of holy and divine beings. And that the word for, one of the words for God, Elohim, is also, a, which is the plural of God, so it means gods, is also refers to the angels. That there are Elohim, then they, they refer to angels. So right there at the very beginning of scripture, you have an indirect or implied reference on the subject of angels. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So very early. Actually, that's interesting because there's also a lot of, t- uh, a lot of debate over the text of the Torah, the first five books, of whether or not they come from multiple sources. And I thought one of the debates was the Elohim, the e-texts, whether that right. would meant something else. And, and now you've got, you brought a very interesting different perspective to it, which is that it, that it actually means God and the angels. Right. Well, and, and Michael, I mean, you've been part of the Torah study at Westchester Reform Temple, so I know, I, I hope you're still taking part. Um, and certainly there's a historical perspective in which we think about, well, how was the Torah and the additional writings canonized? And certainly different groups wrote it. Um, but when we want to take the spiritual depths out of Torah, right? right. And we don't want to get too analytical analytical, which is important. So we're not putting away the need for the intellectual and the analytical, but it's also to understand the mystical. And that mystical explanation doesn't say that this text was, is not revealed and wasn't written by, down by human beings, but rather it speaks to the ongoing revelation that is possible for us, right? So that when right. we open up the Hebrew Bible, Uh, which is, of course, a very different nature than the New Testament, right? Christian Bible, very different nature. When we open it up, we're not reading a story about God out there or the patriarchs and matriarchs out there or the the Mishkan, the tabernacle, the, the holy sanctuary built in the desert. It's not something out there. If we think that it's out there and we have to rebuild a temple, right, or go attain this kingly God, then at least from the mystical perspective, we've missed a little bit of the point because it is the instruction manual of how to actually return to the divinity that exists when that first Adam, who was not a male, by the way, but that's another show. Right. (laughs) That first Adam is created in the holy image of the most high, right? This is the map, this is the path that we can use to get back. And of course, on the subject of your show, um, the angels, the malachim, the higher beings that can assist us to attain the, the most pure uh, spirit that can come into a, a physical form. Thank you. You know what? I, I believe, I just want to welcome my co-host. I believe she is now on by Ooh, telephone. Janine, can you hear us? I can. Can you hear me? We can hear you. You're, you're, you it's, not queer, it's not nearly as loud or as clear as when you're on your microphone, but we can at least hear you. Hi, Janine. Hi, 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 uh, Rabbi Abrams. It's so nice to meet you. And actually, I'm glad I got to have the perspective of a listener because I'm so looking forward to being enlightened today, and you've already done that for me. Oh, well, thank you very much. It's really good to be here. I'm glad to meet you. And and now, I'm sorry, Janine. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Janine. I was just going to say thank you so much for joining us today. I was really excited about today's show. 
Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Now, now actually, you raised so many different points. I could go in like 20 <laughs> different directions. No, that's wonderful. <laughs> You know, a, you're you're a you're a host's dream come true because I can you you raise so many interesting paths I can go on. But you you raise a a path about the type of angels that there are you know in the in the in the Jewish tradition, and some if I recall correctly, some angels are named are given are have names, and others you hear you know in the most ominous way the angels of death or the angels that have came to Abraham or whatever. Sure. What, what is the Jewish understanding of the different types of angels? Well, uh, the scholar Maimonides, who was a 12th, 13th century scholar, who was also a medical doctor, and he was a en walking encyclopedia of Jewish texts. And, and uh, on the one hand, he really didn't want the proletariat, let's just call them, the, the people, the, the um, the, he, the, right. the, the regular Jews, the regular people, um, worrying too much about visions and angels and going crazy with all this mystical stuff that probably all of your listeners really love, right? Right. <laughs> he really wanted individuals to focus on more of an Aristotelian idea of God's perfection and the centering of God in the wholeness and that God is inconceivable. So the moment we try to put God within an angel, then we've limited uh, the energy. It wasn't that he didn't believe in angels. It was simply that he was very concerned that we would get tripped up with these different energies that certainly are divine instead of going to the supreme energy. So I just want to say that before I also talk about what he beautifully summarized in his book called The Mishnah Torah, which is he actually laid it out and he said, well, we have all these different names that do appear in the Hebrew Bible uh, uh, for angels. And we have the Malachim, which you already know about, the, the angels, that's literally, and that means the same right. thing as messengers. But we also have a base, and those Malachim come down there. If you imagine uh, 10 levels of angels, right? 10 levels. And it's when we think about the different types of angels from what are called the Chayot HaKodesh, the holy life forces that are literally right up there with the divine. And then we come down to the bottom of the angelic hierarchy. And we, you know, number one uh, in terms of earth connection. And we have Ishim. We have what's literally kind of a term that means man. Um, so those would be angels who take on human form and actually can be a little bit more well-rounded than a typical angel would be because angels tend to be one-dimensional, whereas human beings were multi-dimensional, right? So what this says about all the angels that are in between, and there, there, you know, I won't go over all 10 because it'll confuse everyone. Right, right. But that there is a hierarchy. So if we think of the divine, the true, the Holy Spirit, the, the, the expanse of God that, um, that we cannot fully perceive or else we simply would not be in form anymore, um, we think about how that energy gets down to the density of our physical life here on earth, right? Mm -hmm. And so just as that explanation of creation or um, how does God, you know, how does God's presence get to earth? You know, that's so uh, dense, that word dense here. Well, it's the same thing with the angels, that there are hierarchies and translators on every rung of the divine. And so you come down to the Ishim or the base of these angels and through our connection and obviously our free will and our, and our desire to connect with God, the divine, um, then we go back up. And as we invite more divinity, we connect with higher levels of angels, and then we go up the next rung. So it's really like that ladder, Jacob's ladder. Jacob's ladder, right? I was just Where we saw say. the angels that were actually ascending and then descending. They weren't descending and then ascending. They were ascending. So that with every prayer, with every thought, with every holy intention says the Jewish tradition, we create an angel to ascend to the most high, to bring that message possibly, and then 
descend a higher intelligence back down. So it's really, it's, it's very metaphysical, but it's very energetic. You know, we can translate these into our own you know, spiritual and physical health that we're creating messages all the time. And as we create messages, we have a choice too to create, um, we create angels with our thoughts, right? So they're a different kind of angel than say Michael and Gabriel and, and uh, Raphael and, and, and uh, Uriel and Uriel. Satkiel and all these other angels that we know their names. Um, and so that's also part of it. I think I gave you too many answers for your question. No, no, that, that, that's quite all right. Let, let me just take it in one, in one or one or two additional directions. And then I do want to open it up. We have a lot of people who want to speak to you. Uh, you know, in terms of that, you know, you mentioned that we could, you know, that the angelic communication can be used as part of health. Now, you and I spoke the other day, and we talked about you. You had mentioned how it can be used in 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 connection with the sephirot. Can you explain? First of all, can you explain briefly what the sephirot is and how that how that all ties together? And I'm sure I'm not doing justice to what you actually told me. So, uh, um, yes. so folks, no. let, let, let the expert tell you exactly what I what. Well, I, let's not call me an expert. I'm simply a little bit more <laughs> familiar than maybe your listeners, but I'm really not an expert. What I do have Be is modest. an experience. Here's what I'll say: that if we haven't experienced these things, we're going to have a hard time translating them and speaking about them because it will really remain up here when it's something that actually should permeate our whole beings, right? Right. So. The wonderful thing about the spherot, um, these divine aspects, which are pretty much like the chakras, uh, if we're aware of the kind of yogic, you know, yogic explanation of the chakras, these energy centers that exist within the body. Some of them even correspond to the chakras. But um, these are, on the one hand, they, it is of itself is a ladder. So if you imagined on your body, um, at the crown of your head was an energy center, right? Right. So we all, we can see that. On our right shoulder or right brain was an energy center. On our left brain was an energy center. In between those aspects is the balancing of the, the right and left side, right? So there we've got another one. Our right shoulder, our left shoulder, um, two energy centers. In the middle of that kind of right and left side, is another energy center, the heart, right? Right. Then we would go down throughout the body and we would have more energy centers and it would add to 10 with the base of it being called the kingdom or malchut, the feminine presence, okay? So that is something that actually resides not only in our body, but it is, resides also in the heavens, okay? So if we think of these as ladders, just as in metaphysics, we say, as above, so below, right? Of course. So the chain of divinity that is present in the universe is laid upon our own consciousness as well, right? And that there are chains that go up, similar chains with slightly different vibrations as you ascend of these different spirit, these different divine aspects, in and of themselves, they are not the totality of God. But as they work together in health, um, and as we awaken them, then we begin to feel our, we begin to understand ourselves as made in the divine image. Now, what's interesting is that just as these are kind of planetary influences, right? They're planetary. They're the planets in the body. They're the <laughs> cosmos in the body. You can't get away from that. As above, so below. Right. And right. Every, it goes into basic quantum physics. Exactly. Exactly. I don't know much about quantum physics, but I know that it's very similar. And so in every atom is the rest of all, right? Every atom is similar to the rest of all the atoms. And so that's the beauty. Everything is everything. And the God energy, the God pattern is in everything. That is always true. All we need to do is truly wake up to the imminent knowledge. So the difference between someone who is spiritual and, and awake is simply that they've turned the light switch on. And the angels... Um, can act as part of the turning the light switch. So 
you know, we have these 10 divine aspects and anyone can Google <laughs> the Sfirot or the divine aspects uh, in, in Kabbalah. And what you'll find there too is that for every divine aspect, at the top of our heads, you know, we have Keter. So I'll just use this one, the crown, right? So we know the crown, this is truly our divinity, right? And we want to get the crown, the energy to come through the crown and go all the way down to the base of our spine, right? Through our reproductive organs and into our feet. Right. But at that crown is the angel Metatron, right? He is the host of heaven. And not only is the host of heaven above, um, he is the host of heaven below in us. So when we think we're talking to Metatron, which, you know, people have far out experiences and they connect with him and you can feel him. We can, you know, we could ask Metatron to come into, and in fact, he's already present into our conversation today. Metatron resides in us, right? He's at the crown of our head. And that's the most powerful divine energy that we would want to come in. We want the host of heaven to be present within us. And then we no longer need to really rely on them by name, but rather become the, the full hierarchy ourselves and marry all of those hierarchies. So that's one thing. So at the top of the head, you know, you'd have the angel and who's almost, he's almost unangelic. He's so powerful, Metatron. Well, he came then, out, he started as a man. Yeah, he's a masculine energy. Well, he's not a man. Yes, no, no, he's I, no, no but I meant he started as a man. Wasn't he? Wasn't right. he Enoch? Enoch in the the Torah? Yeah. Well, not in, yes, yeah, Enoch. But then there's a book of Enoch that's not in the Hebrew Bible. Right, right, right. The reference. Yes. But at the crown of the head is Metatron, right? Right. And probably before he was a man, he was Metatron. I mean, that's probably more uh, accurate. Oh, okay. And, and at the base of the and at the base of the uh, the base of the spine or at the feet, however, you, you'll see different drawings of these aspects. So it's not like there are, there are certain rules or certain guidelines, but they, they the energies manifest in you know the in the limbs as well as you know the spine uh, is sandal fun, right? The, the and we hear in the word sandal fun. You're familiar with the angel, I'm sure. Right. Um, we hear the word sandal. He's the angel of the feet, and he's at Malchut, the kingdom. So we have to open up all these channels with the help of the messengers of the channels that reside in us and in all the cosmos. Um, uh, we need to get Metatron's energy to connect down to Sandalfan, and that is truly part of the divine marriage when we think of it. Now, to perfect ourselves to ascend. We don't need to know about any of the angels. It's actually not necessary. Um, but because we can actually know all of this, it's natural to us. Uh, we would go up to the most high and simply take it in and we wouldn't have to know all of the little details. But it is fun and it is useful on our ascent into, um, into the holiness and the God consciousness that can be attained um, these are pathways, they're methods, they're, it's a ladder uh, in order to gain higher understanding. So in other words, it's a matter, it can, it's a way to both ascend and to, and to re, rediscover our unity with, with God and his creations. Yes. And I will say this, you know, when we we're all divine beings and everything that is here on earth and throughout the cosmos, there's nothing that's separate from God. So that's, that's a Jewish teaching. That's a teaching through all of our traditions. Nothing is separate from God. And so what we have to do um, is use the ladder. We have to use. So I heard this uh, said by a spiritual teacher and I can't remember his name, so I apologize to him. Uh, but it's certainly a Kabbalistic notion. And he says that first in spiritual consciousness, what we do when we cry out, you know, the Psalms say, you know, uh, from the depths, I call to you, God. I call to you. From the darkest places, I call to you. We relate to God, and that is powerful. And we can feel the grace that comes from that, right? Right. So first, we relate to God as an other. And same with the angels. First, we relate to them. Then we relate, then we, um, 
then we allow God to come in us, right? Right. Then we allow God to work through us, and then we allow God to be as we are, right? So, or, or as us. So that there is the relating to the with the relating within the coming within the um, uh, the power of the vessel. You know, I think, well, the power of the vessel may come afterward, but then as us, where we don't even have to think about whether it's, you know, relating to or in, it's just is. And that's the beauty of all of these tools. So on the pathway, why do I bring that up? I bring that up because the fact of the matter is, as we progress spiritually, at first we crave the grace of God, right? We always oh, good God, yes. Yes, we want the grace <laughs> of God. To, to, to put us at peace and you know the world is such a distraction um, right. which is part of course that, that we know which angel rules the world um, <laughs> so uh, the, 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 you know and he has his purpose too but but um, so we, first we call out for God's grace and we experience it and we say oh my gosh like do I have this faith I know I feel the presence of the Lord you know and we may then have an experience where the angel of the Lord literally comes as a, as a conscious being and we feel the guidance, just like the Israelites did in the desert, of a herald, right? An announcement that when the angel appears to Moses and when the angel appears to Abraham, it's an announcement. It's a herald that, the, that God is coming and also to Hagar. First, the, herald, the heralding angel and then the divine presence. So, it's a, so the angels can be the cue that the Holy One uh, uh, himself or herself is coming down to be with us. So we need that as we progress. We need the signs. We need the visions. Um, we may even see the God of Israel like Moses did, right? Right. But on the path there, it doesn't end there. So it's not to discount that, yes, we need the grace. We need to relate to God as a father or God as a mother, we need to be able to call on his helpers when we feel alone or challenged or call on those energies. That's certainly part of the path. But as we ascend, we can get lesser and lesser in communication with those forces. And rather, we go to the source of all the forces, and that becomes the, that is the ultimate goal. So it's not to discount angels. It's not to discount any of it because they're all important, and they're certainly they're part of our tradition um, and very powerful. Um, and, you know, when we need to be reminded of a kind of unconditional love that we don't always receive from other human beings. Right. Uh, most, mostly, I would say that. But um, then we call on aspects of these angels and we get to feel things. And we can, of course, call on those aspects from God too. But we can feel them where, you know, we feel, oh, if we call on Michael, we feel his energy. And it feels a little different from, hey, the energy of Metatron or uh, the energy of um, Raphael or any of those. And then, of course, as many beings as there are that are in form and, and even more, there are angels. So there are infinite amounts of angels. But when we talk about the archangels, then we're talking about these very heavenly beings and powerful beings that we can all tune into and who are working for the most high, right? So we, we know them, we can feel them, and we are sure because they've been, they've been given the stamp by those who have gone before us <laughs> that their energies are uh, on the side of the light. Right. They're pure and they're, they're pure and they're good. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Right. Yes. Although interestingly enough, they're still at the you know on the on the hierarchy of angels. They're on the low side because they're so close to us. Right. Well, they're, they're still. If we think about it, they're one dimensional, right? Mm -hmm. Right. So they have you know if Raphael brings healing, he is not the one you call on when you need help, you know, fixing your computer, right. or maybe you know, maybe, or, or for the power of speech, you know, if you had to give a speech, you would want to call on the power of Gabriel. He's the, he's the, he's the revelatory, right? So that's why Islam, he is the one who speaks that revelation into right. being. That's uh, right. That's right. He tell he tells Muhammad recite. Exactly. So it's, it's through the angel Gabriel 
that 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 wisdom book um, gets written according to you know the, uh, according to Islam. According to Islam, that's right. Right. So, um, and I think that when we call, so we can call on these different aspects uh, to help us out with different with with different things, and even and and the angels. So when we're talking about worlds, right? Okay. So if we think about the worlds in which angels dwell and Kabbalah understands this as there are four worlds, right? So, and, you know, for our sake, we might think that these worlds, it's, there's one at the bottom. That's our world, the world of action, right? The, dense, the denser world. Then we have the, the world of formation right above it. Mm-hmm. Then we have the world of creation, and then we have the world of emanation. And of course, there's a divine bliss that exists above it. So we have emanation, creation, formation, and action. Now, the archangels kind of reside in the world of formation, which is right above the realm of action. But actually, all of these worlds are working together at the same time all of the time. It's really just about our awareness. So first, we're just in the realm of action. Maybe we're living without any knowledge of God. Maybe we deny God's existence. We deny the metaphysical. We deny our connection to spirit. There's plenty of human beings that live that way. But many of us are open to it, but we still live in the world. Right. And as we open to it, that's when we go into the realm. We open up to that world that's around us all the time, a formation. And there we have these archetypes of Metatron and Ratziel and Cassiel, but even they are present in the world and they are present in the higher worlds too. So it's like the chains that are coming up and it's like the DNA chains. Right. right. Yeah. Right. Oh my God. What, what wonderful wisdom you're bringing here today. I've got to open up the floor to questions because I know people are chomping at the bit to ask. Right, and then you. at the end, I just want to say we're going to do yeah. a meditation. Right. So we're going, it's that's right. Minutes for a meditation on the angels. You got it. Okay. Becky, are you with us still? Oh, hang on. Yep. Right here. Um, I'm very happy to be a part of this conversation, and um, my pronunciation is not polished, but did you use the word ishim? Yeah, ishim. Ishim. So, uh, I grew up Irish Catholic, and uh, Michael and I have chatted about this a little bit, but I spent such a long um, part of my life in deep meditation that became, um, in some traditions, I call it a Christed being. So what became aware of myself as that um, creative force of the divine. So I tell people, this is my journey, but I tell people that I am an incarnate angel and try to help as many folks as possible um, to realize that divinity within self. Because as you were just saying, you know, if you have self-realization and awareness of your divine nature, then some of these categories that are helpful as like the latter, mm-hmm. they can exist in your mind simultaneously. You know, that they're all, there aren't really, are, there are hierarchies, but there aren't. It kind of just depends upon your perspective. Mm-hmm. So the way that you describe the ishim. Mm-hmm. as kind of like the lower level, I see that from my perspective as like the extraordinary beauty of creation, you know, revealing itself through us. Sure. One could read it like that, or even that an angelic being could kind of take possession of us for a moment, you know, that we, we find sometimes that, you know, in those moments that we feel like God is truly living through us. And we find out later that we were one of the, you know, special cogs in the wheel that facilitated something for that. That would be kind of a moment of not just synchronicity, but of divine presence and having that angelic presence guide us. Um, You know, we're a little bit different from the angels. Some angels can incarnate. That is true, right? So you have examples of angels that have incarnated. Um, On the other hand, uh, they are one dimensional. So that would, a human being 
can uh, attain what the angels do, meaning being in more than one place, you know, once we've got the God, once we're in the one consciousness, that means, you know, once we know the one, we necessarily know the many. And, uh, and that's not being better or less than anyone. It's simply that if we've known the one, then it's easy to know the many, right? Because right. within the many is the one. Uh, so I would say that the angelic resides within us, but in some ways, a human being um, has, because we are in form, can take on, at least from the Jewish perspective, can take on even more facets of the divine, right? Yeah, my, my way of understanding this came through the root of quantum physics. So for me, when I think about, say, Michael, I think of Michael as a constellation of ideas. Now, it's a chicken and an egg thing, which came first, the human or Michael, the being, but there's a relationship between the two where all of these associations are about Michael, protection, strength, fire, travel, all of those things mm-hmm. kind of conglomerated as frequencies. If you break everything down into frequency, into sound, that what Michael is, is a grouping, which is loose around the edges of frequency. Sure. And that humans in form channel Michael, channel Gabriel channel any of the angels um, all the time that they're constantly acting through us. So mm-hmm. that's that's mm-hmm. kind of how I look at it. Mm-hmm. I see humans as being the ultimate ultimate um, transmitters and receivers of universal frequency. And if you've gone through a path of um, whatever you want to say, soul purification or ascension, then your access to those energies, the very, very, quote, high ones, becomes Mm -hmm. more open. You become like a larger conduit, a channel of all all that good stuff. So that's kind of how I see myself. But I definitely don't give my power away to say like, well, it's Michael doing X, Y, and Z. I can say I am a conduit for the energy that is a part of me. That's a part of all of us. Certainly. Absolutely. You know, that, that's certainly the process of, of taking in the energies and, and no longer needing to differentiate between them because these are not things that come out of ourselves. I would even say, of course, there are channelers and they're, you know, very talented people um, who are able to do that. That's certainly part of, the Hebrew tradition, although we have a love-hate relationship with it. Um, but rather, you know, and I speak really from the Jewish perspective, and, and of course this was, I'm sure, present in Jesus' teachings because he talks about the kingdom of heaven is within, right? Is that the kingdom has to be filled with the divine spirit, the Holy Spirit, right? And once we have done that, the incredible thing is that then we are the living tabernacle. And we need not even, we don't have to say we are the thing, <laughs> we, we, we go beyond it, because that which was, you know, Rebecca, right? Uh, is that how your, your name? That's what some people call me. Becky, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that which was Rebecca. Her, her friends call her Becky. <laughs> Becky, whatever. So, Becky, so that which is Rebecca, Becky becomes less important of course she has to be here she has to have have some kind of ego just to you know survive on earth for the time that you're here but really it's to become um it's to become the holy temple where the divine presence resides and to purify ourselves you know to that to that end and also to trust that through that purification um good will good will live in us and then be transmitted to others uh, as the map as the map uh, has been written, you know, in all of us. And then if it's activated, you know, we need how much, you know, how much, how wonderful is that? And more people uh, can, can then see where the map is and and become that themselves. Great. But thank you. Thank you so much for sharing, Becky. I agree. Thank you. Thanks, Becky. Brent, how are you today? I am fantastic. Getting better every day. Great. Great. You have a question for Rabbi Abrams? I'm always observing, and it's, it's so beautiful to hear somebody 
uh, and pardon my saying this, somebody of the organized religion framework who is not so narrow-minded. Um, I find that such an amazing blessing, and, and, and thank you for, for doing that and being who you are. Um, you know, we all have our own views. However, if we could remember that we are all connected and everything is and is now and it exists all at one time, when we stop separating ourselves and allow us to be the creators that we are, not the groveling individuals that some dogmas want us to think we are, then we gain back all our power. And when we have our own power back, we can share it with each other. And that is a fantastic tool. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And I I, I think it's fair to say that, you know, in in more progressive uh, Jewish traditions, the Shema really represents that, you know, that bringing back to unity when we talk about Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad, Hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. We're not talking about Israel as just a small group of people, but as the universal. Absolutely. And, and, I, and thank you for saying that, uh, Michael, because, you know, Israel, of course, are the 12 tribes plus the tribe of Levi right. and um, the priestly tribe. So we have 12 tribes and many, most of them are lost. And so in that regard, you know, these are, Israel is said to be a nation of priests and prophets. So what, you know, in sort of that biblical sense of the word, it's less about the Jews, of course, the tribe of Judah having a special role and the remnant of Judah will never be destroyed according to the Hebrew Bible. But um, it's for Uh, all of us to understand that those who want to work with the light and want to be transmitters of the light and are willing to be priests and prophets because priests and prophets are not worried about personal gain and wealth, right? And how they can market their stuff better. That's not, that's simply, you know, that's certainly, we see a lot of spiritual people doing that. Um, I mean, if that happens, that's great, but it's about being a servant of humanity and and so as children of israel and there are many out there you know that are not jews but are light workers and people devoted to be priests and prophets that's really what we're talking about here and the revelation therefore is not just for the tribe of judah although it certainly has judah has a special you know status for sure because they're the remnant they're carrying uh, the ember of the light to hold to the world to remind them that israel is a nation of prophets and priests and that those prophets and priests need to be regathered yeah. absolutely service not servitude that's exactly yeah exactly we're not here to make others serve us that's not the point um and of course that's so exemplified you know it's exemplified so well in the new testament right that um no to be to be godlike uh makes you actually a greater servant um that's right not Not the other way around serve you so at any time right so we always have to remember that when we go and we get a spiritual teacher or anything else that that if, if it's about no, of course we want to we want to help that person in their role if they're a useful channel. But we don't want to. Um, be, it's not about servitude. You know, uh, the leader has to understand themselves as a servant, and right. then well, do all of we, all the rest of us too. Yes, right. Well, in the old, in the New Testament, you know, where Jesus Yeshua uh, talks, I believe it's in John where he talks. You know, and he knows that you know his his time him on earth is ending very quickly. You know, he talks to his disciples and he says, you're no longer my, you're not my servants, you're my friends. Mm, you, know, if you're, you know, if you are, you know, if you have abided by me and abided by our faith mm. and, you know, and teachings, which for the most part you get away from what probably is more man-made or man-oriented, you know, is basically that servant's attitude and, and that love attitude. You know, he says, you're my friends. You know, that's right. the that's the true way to do it. It's a true way right. to look at it. Right. And you're my friends and you are now responsible. Um, right. you know, for for 
taking this, this, the, the truth of Judaism, you know, <laughs> right? This is a good rabbi uh, from our perspective, an excellent, you know, well, I don't know all Jews, but he was a very good rabbi. He succeeded in spreading some of the teachings of Judaism around the world through what's called Christianity. And that's how I like to think of it. Um, so, I do want to say, you know, one of the things is I, I certainly have had. And, my, and by the way, and just yeah. just so you know, we, we're running a little low on time. So okay. if you could just finish one this thought and then we're going to go to the meditation. Unless, Janine, do you have any questions or anything you want to ask Rabbi Abrams? You know, Michael, I, I just wanted to say she is a, just a beautiful person. And I believe everything in life happens for a reason. And I am so grateful that I have been able to participate live on the show, really learning filled with the wisdom that she has shared with all of us. I think we'll all walk away truly enlightened from today's show. I know I am. And also, Michael, you did a great job as interviewing. And I just think today's show played out exactly like it was supposed to. I'm so grateful. And I'll tell you, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to the guided meditation as well. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Thank um, you. And I'm hoping you, we can have you, you back. Thank you for having me. And uh, it's yeah, really... I to say the same thing. I we hope we can have you back because honestly, Oh, I would love to you know, right. and, and speak like Becky. Becky said, um, you know, how she was raised and where she got to now, you know, I was raised Roman Catholic and this, a lot of the things that you shared today, really, I feel like the student and, you know, you're the teacher that showed today. So, you know, this show broadcasts to not only here in the United States, but so many countries around the world that, you know, we all have different religions. And you know what, though, when you, a lot of things you shared today, I realized we're all, well, I, I knew this ahead of time, but you really kind of brought it to the plate. You know, there's, we're all one and we're all, you know, we, we have more similarities than anything else. It's really Absolutely. Amen. You know, and, 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 and the, the more we get to that space, you know, the more we find if we cling to anything in the mind, even if it's something of a religion, if we're clinging, if we're grasping, uh, like a thought form, really, then we know we're not yet in the oneness. We're not yet with God. And that's okay because any negativity, it's, negativity is the footstool for the good. That's what the Baal Shem Tov said. Evil is the footstool for the good. It's just the thing that says, no, go back to God because you're not yet ready. You know, you're not yet ready. You need a few more incarnations, right? <laughs> um, so let's go ahead um, and just we'll, we'll, we'll do a little meditation. This is actually a prayer. It's a song. It's called Bishem Hashem. Uh, Shlomo Karlbach, who was a, a rabbi and teacher and spiritual leader and singer, uh, wrote very inspired music, uh, put these words together, but on the basis of his own learning, because he was certainly well-versed in Kabbalah and, and mysticism. So we'll just take a deep breath. Let's go ahead and close our eyes. Sit up as straight as possible. And um, just allow the shoulders to come down and the face to relax, the feet to be touching the floor. So uncross any, your arms and your legs. Feel your feet heavy. And then above your head, just see kind of a rainstorm of light coming through the crown of the head, coming into the shoulders, into the arms, the fingertips, you might feel some warmth there. Allow the light to come into the heart, all of the organs, all of the spine, into the buttocks and the hips, your quads, your knees, your calves, and into the feet. So the whole body is just filled with a purifying white light. We'll just take three deep breaths there, breathing through the nose if possible. Now that we're filled with this protective white light, just let's see the angel Michael on our right side. So we ask for the angel Michael to come and be at our right side. Good. We'll take a deep breath with Michael at our right. And now 
we'll go to our left side and we ask for the angel Gabriel, Gabriel, the power of God to come and rest there. Let's take a deep breath with Michael and Gabriel on our right and our left. And now let us see the healer of God, Raphael, behind us. Taking a deep breath there. And now the angel Uriel before us. Taking a deep breath there. And now above our heads, as we see these four angels, Gabriel or Michael, Gabriel, Raphael and Uriel in front of us. Now we go to the crown of the head and we see Shekhinat El, the divine and holy presence of the Most High on our heads, uh, emanating light surrounding us, our homes and our families, Shekhinat El. And we'll take a few deep breaths here, just residing in the light and power of all these beings that appear outside of us and surely also dwell in us. And now as we're going to come back together, come out of our meditation. So I just ask us to say the words, Shalom Aleichem, to all of these angelic presents. We're just going to say goodbye to you and thank you for joining us for a little while um, in a more conscious way than our conversation. Um, and uh, I encourage all of our listeners to do this meditation, particularly if they find themselves a little bit harried or frenzied or even a little bit down. Um, to just see themselves with Michael at the right, Gabriel at the left, Raphael behind us, Uriel in front of us, and of course, the presence of the Most High, Shekhinat El, uh, at the crown of our head, and, and like the sun uh, emanating an infinite amount of rays and light and purity and good uh, into all beings. And let's say, Amen. 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 That was absolutely beautiful. I mean, I have such a sense of peace and I had like a warm smile on my face, a little bit of tears in my eyes, but my heart is just so full right now from that. Um, that was very special. Your prayer, blessing, meditation, whatever. It's just Oh, was- wonderful. I'm so glad. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. It's my joy to share and uh, to be able to share. So, um Oh, it was just that was a wonderful meditation. Yeah. And, you know, I wish I, I wish I had known this a couple of days ago when I was going crazy in my office. <laughs> hey, perfect timing. You had to go crazy to know you need the meditation. Now, next time you're going crazy, you'll have more tools. So it's, it's all a blessing, even our, you know, our separation from God. And that's where we know that evil really, you know, what we see as evil, it is darkness. And we want to, we want to help humanity. And we're all just, you know, part of the great healing of this earth. Um, we want to help humanity um, so we no longer have to do the dance with the dark in order that really we all come to do the dance with the light. And the good news is, is that we dance with, till, with the dark until we're so purified by it that we can only dance with the light. Oh, my God. What a wonderful way to end this show. What a wonderful thought. Rabbi Abrams, thank you again for being on. I hope you'll consider becoming on again. I think we only scratched the surface of the wisdom that you could could share with our listeners. No, I'm always happy to share um, the grace and wisdom that's been bestowed upon me. So it's my really my privilege and thank you for having me. And um, thanks to everyone who came on the call and to you and Janine and And uh, I just wish blessing for everybody on this day and going forward into a great week. Thank Thank you you. so much. And from the bottom of our hearts, we really appreciate you being with us and we'll look forward to having you on again. Wonderful. Great. Janine, why don't you take it away? Well, if you'd like some more information about 
the show, please visit our website at www.callingallangelswithjaninemichael.com. We thank you so much for being with us today. We're wishing you all a beautiful week ahead. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Calling All Angels Radio Show with Janine and Michael. If you would like to participate in our live show every Saturday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, or have a private session with the angels, please visit our website at www.callingallangelswithjaninandmichael.com. Have a great week. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.